Good morning. Please join me in the prayer for illumination. O oh God, you sent the Holy Spirit to kindle the zeal of Christ's followers waiting in Jerusalem for his promised gift. Pour the same inspiration on your people here and on the church throughout the world. Revive the power of the gospel in our hearts that it may be to us a sacred trust for the blessing of all creation. Amen. The scripture reading for today is Romans 8, 22 to 27. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. And God, who searches the heart, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. The Word of God for the people of God. So, um, I need to confess something. You ready for this? I need to confess that after many years, I still watch Dancing with the Stars. Can you forgive me? Um, I, I, I like Dancing with the Stars, um, not because it's dancing or because it's stars, because it's neither. That, that one will hit you in the parking lot. I don't like Dancing with the Stars because it's dancing, because it's not. And I don't like Dancing with the Stars because it's stars, because they're not. I mean, it's kind of like this strange forcing of a B-list star who wants so badly to have another career. And so what we do is make them follow the directions of a professional ballroom dancer in hopes that they can garner enough votes to then be offered another B-list contract and have a career, right? Strange world that we live in. But if you watch, towards the end of the season, there's that moment. That, that moment when um, it's no longer counting, one, two, three, four, and it's no longer a worry about, boy, this better get me at least some news on In Touch magazine, right? But instead, the music takes over. And this B-list, overly anxious star, for a twinkle of a moment, is moved by the music, taken by the dance, and they are a different person. It's beautiful, beautiful to see that moment, if you can just get beyond all of Tom Bergeron's horrible jokes, right? I mean, like, I know what good jokes are, right? And his aren't. <laughs> Today we talk about um, the movement of the Holy Spirit. We talk about Pentecost. And in some ways you can talk about the movement of the Holy Spirit as when the church finally begins to get on the dance floor 
and allow the music of the dance to transport them, to uh, make them into more than the sum of their parts, to become something of a gift and a tool and a people that bring about the kingdom of God. Now, when we talk about um, the Holy Spirit, uh, some disclaimers here, right? I mean, oftentimes when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's a little bit of worry in the room. Oh no, the preacher's talking about the Holy Spirit. Are we gonna have to shake, rattle, and roll in the aisle? Is someone going to speak in a, in a heavenly tongue and no one's gonna know what it is? Well, what might happen if we lose control? No, no, no worries there, okay. You're all very controlled. Um, when we look at the scripture passage today, the kind of uh, spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, that Paul is describing is not one that's going to take over your body like a poltergeist. It's not something that's going to uh, come about and make you um, different than you are. Uh, Paul is writing in the letter to the church in Rome. Uh, see, Paul wants to go do an evangelistic mission to Gaul. Uh, that would be the area of uh, France or Portugal or Spain, that kind of area. Uh, but he's got to go raise money, and then he's got to uh, go across the Mediterranean Sea or travel around. And so he is writing to the church in Rome because he anticipates stopping in Rome on his way to Gaul. And um, he wants to share with the church in Rome how he sees and experiences the Christian faith. He wants to tell Rome about how uh, the churches that he, have, he has started uh, believe in the gospel and how the Holy Spirit moves amongst their worship uh, and to describe that in such a way so that the church of Rome understands it. And in the passage, uh, the chap chapter of um, Romans chapter eight, uh, it is a discussion about both persecution, but also about hope. Uh, Paul writes um, that uh, even in the moments when we don't have hope, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is hope for us. That even when we are so distraught, uh, so lost, so unaware of what we should pray, that the Holy Spirit is a helper to give us uh, prayers that are too deep for words. Uh, that, that the Holy Spirit communicates to God the Father uh, where we are and what we need, and that the Holy Spirit is that medium in which it's provided. When you describe it that way, sounds pretty good, right? Sounds great to have a, a helper who comes along beside us, uh, someone who can help put words to our feelings, uh, someone who can move us closer to God the Father. Uh, I wish we had a, a better understanding of what's possible through the Holy Spirit. Instead of uh, being standoffish, instead of saying, you know, that's for other people to do, that's not for us. When we look at uh, scripture and also at theology, uh, we are a Trinitarian people. We believe in one God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, that, um, uh, that Jesus was present at the moments of creation. If you look in Genesis chapter one, you'll find that all three persons of the Trinity are there present. Uh, God is creating, right? We agree with that. Uh, God the Father creates the world, and how does he do it? But through spoken words. We remember in John chapter one, where uh, John says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the word, the, the reference to Jesus as the word of God is true even in Genesis chapter one, where God speaks and creates 
through the Word or through the second person of the Trinity. And the Holy Spirit's present, because uh, if you read in that chapter, chapter one, that the Spirit of the Lord uh, hovered over the waters, right? So there you have a beautiful picture of the Trinity all together. There are other places where we see Trinity uh, looked out in scripture. One that's painfully obvious is the baptism of Jesus, right? So you have Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, being baptized by John the Baptist. And as he comes up out of the water, you see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. And you see words from heaven by God the Father saying, this is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. That's some translations, right? Uh, and so the Trinity is a, a, a reminder to us uh, that yes, we, we worship one God, but in three persons, that God believes community is so important that God is a community himself, uh, that, that, um, that God feels that love being expressed, uh, God didn't need to wait for the world to be created. Uh, God was filled with faith, hope, and love in the midst of the Trinity, right? That's God's existence. Sometimes we struggle over how to understand the Trinity, uh, understand the Holy Spirit. Uh, you could uh, think of it as Father, Son, Holy Spirit. You could also think of it as Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. Or um, you could imagine, uh, all of these are a little bit off in terms of being perfect analogies, uh, but one rose bush with three roses. Or you could think of water that's steam, liquid, and ice, right? One substance, three forms. Uh, one rose bush, three roses. You can even talk about the egg, right? You have the shell, this is the worst one in terms of heresies, but that's okay, we'll use it anyways. You have the shell, the um, white of the egg, and the yolk, right? Lots of different analogies, but I'm gonna push you further than just simple object lessons. What if we imagine that the Holy Spirit, that the, the Trinity could be described as the lover, the beloved, and the love that binds them together? Or even more so, uh, the dancer, the partner, and the music of the dance. You see, you're starting to get that language of the Trinity, that idea that what uh, the Holy Spirit does is provide the, the movement, the, the momentum, the opportunity to be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and to be sent off in a direction. Many of you know that as a hobby, I like to sail. Now, this is not a yacht kind of a sail, right? Um, oftentimes, people say, hey, uh, I want to go sailing with you, Peter. And I go, have you seen my boat, right? It is tiny, right? My boat is uh, for one and a half people, and surely you've already figured out I'm one and a half people. <laughs> but you have to say that there's something beautiful about only being able to travel uh, with reference to the wind, you can travel downwind, you can travel across the wind, but rarely can you make it upwind. That this idea of the Holy Spirit filling us and sending us off is similar to the idea of having your sails filled with the wind and headed off on an adventure. Now, um, I, I wanna preface this. We tend to be very science-oriented people, right? Um, if one does not have words uh, for a prayer, go read more about prayer. If one doesn't understand what to do next, well, take your next step. Oh, wow, did I say that, right? I mean, we are very logical, very science-oriented people. Uh, if there is knowledge that needs to be gotten, we will find it and we'll use it. I, I still remember, you know, uh, 17 years ago, um, 
a lecture, a guest lecture at Duke uh, by a systematic theologian who specialized in Trinitarian uh, ideas, that he was an African theologian, and with his thick French accent, he began to describe to us how in America we think that the Holy Spirit is like a very cute, cuddly, stuffed animal, maybe a lion that sits on a child's bed, that we can pick it up and take it with us, or we can leave it back behind, but it is a docile, simple thing that's added almost like window dressing to our lives. Uh, The uh, guest lecturer said, in Africa, where we still have a great dialogue about spirits, where uh, you can either go to the Western medical doctor or to the witch doctor, when we do evangelism with tribal people and we tell them that we know of the great spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, they do not imagine a child's animal, or a child's stuffed animal. They imagine a real lion A lion of great proportion. A lion that sure might sit on a child's bed, but you cannot control it. It's almost like C.S. Lewis knew exactly what he was saying when he described Aslan uh, as, um, what was it? Uh, um, Fierce, uh, friendly but not tame. Help me. (laughs) Safe but not tame. But he's good. Right? This is good. Uh, Robin, come and help, right? This is great. (laughs) Apparently, I should have memorized my C.S. Lewis quote before going there. I mean, think about the differences, though. We do think of God as uh, something that we can set on our bed, and maybe we'll um, take it with us or not. That it is not part of our identity, but rather it's a jacket that we put on and we take off. But in a culture that understands the power of spirit, It's not a plaything. The Holy Spirit uh, is as powerful as a rushing wind. The Holy Spirit is as unpredictable as a wildfire. The Holy Spirit is something that is um, powerful, exciting, and life-changing. I have to tell you, oftentimes uh, in the Methodist Church, we um, uh, find ourselves thinking, oh Lord, give us more of your Spirit. We might think that there's a little bit that happens when we sprinkle for baptism, right? Just a tiny bit. And maybe a little bit more comes as we attend a a grow group. Maybe a little bit more as we're confirmed, right? Actually, some of us think if you do confirmation, you are graduated from church, you don't have to come back, right? It's not true. But we keep trying to ask God for more. And when you ask for more, but the container only carries so much, There's no more that can be put in. At some point, we come to the realization that being a child of God, being adopted by the king, being someone who loves and follows Jesus, we do not need more of the Holy Spirit. What we need is the willingness to commit, the the willingness to pour ourselves out for the purpose of the gospel. It's not about needing more. We have all that we need and then some. But what we need is to allow the flood, the wind, the storm to pour forth from us that we might allow the Holy Spirit to choose our direction and propel us into an adventure. Do you want some more? Do you want some more? Maybe we have all that we have and what we need is a willingness 
to set our course, to fill our sails, and to allow that movement of the Holy Spirit to direct our path. I love the end of uh, the reading today, this recognition that when we are so low, so lost, so um, unsure of our future, uh, whether it's a, a diagnosis from a doctor, whether it's a, a letter from a spouse who's divorced us, whether it's um, uh, the last chance to make a great impression on our child and they've turned their back and walked away as adults, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter how lost and distraught we are, God is not a God who judges, but rather a God who helps. And the help that God gives in those moments of great desperation where we know not even the words to pray, God is so good to intercede for us with groans and words that connect us with the Father so that God the Father might love and care and preserve us in our most difficult times. Friends, we have all that we need. God has equipped us well. God calls us to follow the path, to fill our sail, and to pour ourselves out for the gospel. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Friends, Chapelwood United Methodist Church exists to help ourselves and others take their next step in their faith journey with Christ. We hope that uh, during this season of the summer uh, that you won't uh, wander away, that instead you'll allow your sail to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, there are some helps that the congregation is providing. Um, uh, let's see, next week is graduation Sunday. Um, Casey Atnip will be our guest speaker. You'll want to come and join us. On June the 7th, we'll start um, the Parables series. It'll be nine weeks. There'll be online helps. There'll be printed out helps. There'll be opportunities for you and your family or community uh, or invite some neighbors over to do activities together. Um, if you're uh, uh, away from town uh, visiting uh, or on vacation, there'll be ways in which you can continue to stay connected. We hope that as you take your next step, it'll be a, a next step uh, in the direction that God's calling all of us to go uh, as we seek to be uh, a kind of people who uh, worship God, who connect with our neighbors, who grow in study of the word, uh, and who serve uh, the community around us. I do hope that you'll take an opportunity in the lobby. There uh, are youth t-shirts that you can buy. You'll want to buy one because... Everybody except for you will have one next Sunday and will be wearing them, right? What a great way to show your support uh, for the youth ministry here at Chapelwood uh, by wearing your youth t-shirt. I believe there's a special on just today, $5 a shirt. Uh, we'll be preaching later about clearing the temple of the money changers, but for today... <laughs> We're, we got a discount on t-shirts. Anyways, if today's the day that you'd like to join this congregation, maybe uh, decide that this is your spiritual home, I hope that you'll come down during the closing song, uh, talk with one of the pastors so that we can plan for the day of your joining. Uh, our closing song is The Spirit Sends Us Forth to Serve. You can find it in The Faith We Sing, the, the thinner hymnals, um, and David Hill's coming to uh, lead us in that song. All right, I, I'm gonna stand over here. Come on with me, Grace. Um, so we're going to hang out here until a, a Stephen minister comes. Uh, if not, we'll gladly be willing to pray with you uh, or for you um, uh, or to arrange care of a Stephen minister for you or someone that you love. But for now, why don't we grab a hand next to you for our closing prayer. Let's pray. Almighty God, we give thanks for your spirit 
which blows like a breeze through our lives, fills our sails, sends us out to love others. Lord, remind us today that we have all that we need when you are our helper. Encourage us to commit and pour ourselves out for the sake of the gospel and for you. All as we pray in Jesus' name, amen.